up, guys? Welcome back to Waterdown Sports for episode number four. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about some NBA free agency, some NBA rules that are coming up. Um, and we have Wilson Pierce back. Thanks for having me back. I'm excited. Yeah. So um, the last podcast went really well. Uh, and speaking of which, we're going to go ahead and just address the elephant in the room. <laughs> and um, neither one of our picks won. No, they didn't. But my pick, one of my picks did make it to the final. And he almost won. Correct. So, <laughs> which he had the most home runs in. Did he not have the most overall? Overall, he did. Yeah, yeah overall. So, uh, so Wilson actually, we will give the win to Wilson. <laughs> um, he, he has got it and actually went. I'm I'm going off. My guy actually has a calf strain. Okay. <laughs> Fine. Um, but it is what it is. It was a great All Star um, showing, especially the home run derby. Um, I mean, those guys are. I mean, the coolest thing I think to me was the Adley Rutschman switch hit. Uh no, it's so awesome. It was impressive. So awesome. I mean, and, you know, you look, people are still calling to go back to the 10 outs because you can't watch all of the home runs because they're so, it's such in like a speed mode right now with the time limit. I don't know. I, well, I saw Vlad Sr. Yeah. I saw his and I kind of, I kind of like the 10 outs just because you, you can see it and it makes the home runs more meaningful. I do realize that in a fast paced world that we live in, it is fun to watch 41 home runs. Yes, into the crowd. I mean, that is awesome. Uh, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm a fan of how it is now. I don't necessarily dislike the ten outs. I I don't think I would actually care if it went back or if it stayed the same. But I guess the question is, do you want to watch the home runs or do you want more home runs? Correct. Because that's the difference. So here's the thing: we'll change about ten outs in like two years, and then in twenty years or fifteen years, we'll be back to what we're doing. Oh, for sure. It is what it is. But um, but yeah. So, uh, congrats to Vlad. Uh, junior yeah. for winning that. Um, and then the, the National League finally, finally. 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 So nine years? I think it's been 11, 11 years, but nine games there. I think there were two years we didn't have an All Star game. So. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And only one, what, one run? Uh, one run two one? to one. Two, three, two, I thought. Or three, two. Yeah. Maybe yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. And Colorado Rockies, Elias Diaz, yeah. the only Rocky to ever win MVP of an All-Star game. Well, so, go, go ahead. I mean, they really need something to cheer about. It, so. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so that's our baseball. Um, really quick, as as the season has uh, resumed, um, the Mets are still atrocious. I'm just going to put that out. So bad. <laughs> and I'm loving it. Yes. They got booed out of their home stadium last night. So. Yeah, last night. I mean, the the – Pop up the third base, and you, it bounces off your face. I mean, ah, it's just not a good look. Insult to injury. Yeah. So, if you're a Mets fan out there and you're listening, sorry. Uh, maybe there's always next year. Go yeah. ahead and just hang it up. I think they're going to be sellers at the trade deadline. Yeah. Well, I, they got to be if they want any um, any chance to make it to the postseason. Gosh. And they're pretty far back considering how well the some of the NL teams that weren't yeah, they've supposed to be do close so. to 20 games back. Yeah. So. Well, Braves also has nine, but that helps a little bit. But whatever. All right, so let's get the uh, to NBA free agency while we're here. All right. Um, it's been I kind of mentioned this last time. Uh, there are some big names that have or w- wanting to move. Um, there are some big names that you've seen on some teams um, that currently have already moved. Um, so we're kind of going to get into that and just give you a little bit of a, a opinion here. Um, again, the purpose of this podcast is to water it down. So I want to water it down in a way that makes sense to you guys. Um, we'll talk about the actually coming up with a midseason tournament. So Wilson's going to kind of talk about that a little bit, maybe ask some questions to clarify um, what that looks like. Um, yeah. And so the NBA season will resume in October. And so a lot of these teams are are kind of sitting on their their franchise player right now to see, hey, do I want to sell? 
Do I want to, you know, get some young talent and just completely wipe it out and rebuild? Um, so that's kind of what we're going to talk about first. Um, but so far, let's, let's just talk about the Hawks really quick. Um, the Hawks have, have not done much. They did extend DeJounte Murray. Um, I was excited to see that DeJounte Murray has been big for the Hawks. Um, he's, I think he and Trey are still figuring it out. Um, they looked okay last year. Obviously, <clears throat> it's hard for Trey to come off the ball. Trey's such a ball-heavy guy, and for him to come off the ball, it was definitely a new thing for him. Uh, a lot of people are looking at Clint Capella. The Mavericks have actually been in conversations of, of trying to grab him. I I don't know. Uh, if they grab him, great, as long as we get something in return, because I'm a big, high Aneka Kung Wu fan. He's got, um, he's got a... Uh, high ceiling. Correct. I am. So, I am a fan of him. He came, he came out of um, USC. That would be uh, Southern California. And uh, since he's hit the court for the Hawks, I think he is. I think he's underrated. Um, he can stretch easily, really well as far as getting out and guarding some of those uh, guards. Hasn't got a three point shot on him like most big men are starting to kind of come into the league with. I mean, we're looking at Victor Webinama that just got drafted number one overall by the Spurs and his two ga- uh, summer league games, um, but pretty. Pretty impressive. His second game was way better than his first, but I mean the fact that he could dribble and shoot, and he's like seven three, seven is he's crazy. But Aneka being there for us helps. Um, but again, Dejounte getting extended, we're gonna keep him. Um, and people will talk about Trey. I think Trey's staying. Uh, we won't we won't get rid of him or anything. We did actually um, trade away John Collins. Uh, he's been with us <clears throat> for the past four or five years now, yeah. and he um, he was kind of our stretch guy. Doesn't really couldn't really shoot the three ball. He's kind of forced into that, right? Um, For sure. Hawks definitely was like, "Hey, you need to shoot the three ball," and his percentage wasn't great. Um, but when he did hit one, um, <clears throat> he let you know about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So that's kind of what the Hawks are doing now. We did just also pick up Patty Mills. Uh, our shooting overall, it's either hit or miss. We're either making threes and making it rain, or we are can't hit the balls out of the barn. And Patty Mills hopefully will be able to help us with that because Bogdan Bogdanovich, I mean, if he's not hitting it and Trey Young's not hitting it, we're kind of in the... <laughs> Pick and roll, boys. Yeah, yeah. Pick and roll. Yeah. That's about all you got going for you. So, uh, so yeah, that, that's kind of what the Hawks are looking like. And we're obviously worried about the Hawks because it's the team we're pulling for. Every, every year I get so excited for them. And, I mean... We got there too early back in what 2019. Oh, yeah. Peaked too early. For I mean, sure. We got for to sure. the Eastern Conference Finals and we just yeah, got there too early. And that's the year that the the Bucks actually won to beat the Suns. Um and so we get there and the Bucks just kind of hand us uh the business. Yes. <laughs> the full the full business. The full business. But yeah, well, you know, I'm excited to see how we do. I'm excited to see this front office get to work and and make some interesting uh signings. You know, we have some Definitely have some opportunities and some ability to make some moves. Uh, the big thing I want to talk about uh, are some of the rumblings. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about this uh, Pascal Siakam talk? What are your thoughts on that? I've seen that they've offered. There's a a, a trade proposal. Uh-huh. Uh, Pascal could come to us, and that would I think remove Clint, uh, where Anyaka then becomes our our five. I think it could work. I just, I just get worried that Pascal also is like a big time on ball guy, like mm-hmm. wants the ball a lot. So if you're, you're, if you got Trey and now you have Dejounte, who Dejounte I think actually is underrated with the way he can disperse the ball. Um, his defense obviously is what we have him 
a lot for, then he can kind of help out on the offensive side. But if we have Pascal, he's a force down low. So it's kind of like, where does it, what does Anyeka do? Is he sure. just kind of there for our offensive rebounding, defensive rebounding? Um, Anyeka can score sometimes. I, I definitely think Pascal can force his will way better than Anyeka could. Uh, but Pascal would easily insert himself at the four. So I guess you would be looking at Trey, DeJounte, DeAndre Hunter, uh, Pascal, and then Anyeka, which is, I think, a solid five. For sure. Um, or you might could even push... You might could maybe try to stretch him to the uh, Pascal to the five, and put Anyeka as the second team, and then you might could bring in um, oh Sadiq Bay. You oh yeah, forget about Sadiq Bay, who can was, actually shoot. Yeah. So you put him at the three, put DeAndre at the four, and put Pascal at the five. Um, I don't dislike it. Uh, I'm a Clint Capella fan though, so if Clint Clint goes, although I will say Clint Clint has looked good for us, done well for us, but I want the Houston Rockets, Clint. <clears throat> that played with James Harden um, because his the way that he could force his will and his body people, um, you know, he's a 50-50 guy on the tip end right now. Right. <laughs> and he comes off the rim and you're like, Clint, grab it, put it back in. Yes. And you never really know if it's going to go in or not because, you know, he's not that just dominant guy that he was back in Houston. Uh, but again, he, I don't think he can be, right? The ball's never in his hand. Right. Know? James Harden is the ultimate guy that can, he can really assist, can also score. Um, and I think Trey Young has put all the pressure on himself, so hasn't dispersed the Clint Capella like he was used to. But I'm not not a, not a fan of it necessarily. But um, I think I think we would definitely have some players that have to understand their roles and, and kind of just be accepting of it's going to look different if that right. happened. For sure. Well, rumor has it we hired <laughs> away uh, Pascal's massage therapist. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how the next months play out. And uh, I do want to address uh, Draymond. Yeah, really uh, stepping up and and talking big about Trey and his comparisons to Luca. Uh, they really have done a lot of the same thing. Uh, so he, you know, he pretty much said they're not that different. People need to stop giving Trey all this crap because he's not doing these things. But him and Luca have like the same things happened over their first few seasons. I mean, Trey's been to the Eastern Conference Finals. For sure. I'm not sure. I think they have. I, I think, think they Luka made it, has, what, two years ago? Yeah, maybe I last think year? Luka took. Finally. Um, no, you're you're right, completely. I mean, people, some people say it was a steal, or not a steal, that the Hawks messed up. And, of course, when you look at Luka, he's probably more of a complete player all, sure. all around. Um, he definitely whines a lot, but Trey does too. But I do love the way that Trey, like, accepts the hate. Oh, yeah. Um, I love that, especially New York fans. I uh, can't stand the Knicks when we go up there. And he, <laughs> I loved it when he bowed. You know, he's like, I know what they do up here um, in theaters. So let me take a bow um, out there putting them out. But um, yeah, Luca and Trey might be draft day, might be the most, you know, we got what we got and we're going to give you, you know, we're going to give yeah. you Trey, we're going to get Luca. And that's like the most even thing that we've probably ever seen. For sure. I mean, they, they, you're right. Their resume kind of looks the same. Mm-hmm. And, um, you, Trey really does catch a lot of flack, and Luca doesn't. You know, Luca's like, "Hey, he's from Serbia. He's he was playing professional ball over there, and he looks great, and he does, but he's not doing much more, if anything, different than Trey Young. And yeah. Trey Young just <clears throat> he does it. He does it kind of quietly. I mean, he does catch a lot of flack, but sure. <clears throat> he's not boasting all the time um, that you kind of might expect from him. So, all right, and and I think one one big point that. Draymond made was, you know, he he made a kind of a funny for him was, you know, Trey, who who's leading an assist? And Trey's like, oh yeah, I got him on that. 
So, you know, Trey, we've seen really uh, over the past few seasons where he's really dispensing the ball pretty well and, and um, doing a great job with that and trying to keep guys involved and, you know, really becoming that center point and that kind of orchestrator of the offense, which I think is important because I think early on in his NBA career, new guy on the block, you're trying to show what you can do. Totally understand it. You know, is half court three tray pretty cool to watch and the way that he can make some of the shots? For Absolutely. Sure. But I think in his last couple of seasons, we've seen him kind of mature into that role of actually owning the offense and uh, making some of those, you know, dispensants of some awesome passes, uh, no look passes, behind the back passes. Uh, I think he's done a great job with that. So, yeah, I mean, he'll continue. <clears throat> Sorry, guys. <clears throat> he'll continue to lead the league and assist, I think. Um, it's just more of what can he now add to that? Sure. So he can score right. and he can have assists, but when we need him at a big moment, is he going to show up? And he did in game six against the Celtics this year in the playoffs. We didn't have DeJounte Murray. True. I mean, <clears throat> we're going up to Boston to basically just end our season. Say, yeah, just say, all right, time to pack it up, boys. And then he hit like a dagger, a dagger three there at the very end to say, hey, we're bringing it back home for game seven, which that's a whole different conversation we'll get into here shortly about the Celtics because – there's no reason the Hawks should have ever gone seven games. No, against the Celtics, no. and the Celtics made it to the finals two years or yeah, two years now, um, or actually last year, and then didn't even get that to the Eastern Conference Finals um, this year. So, or they did. Excuse me, they did get to the Eastern Conference Finals. They didn't get back to the actual finals. So, um, big disappointment, I think, in, in, in that regard. But yes, Trey Young doing his thing. Uh, thank you, Draymond. Draymond's always yes. outspoken. Thank you, Draymond, for actually giving him some credit because, yeah, he needs it, doesn't get it enough. So, yeah. Awesome. Any other big uh, big signings you think that are going to happen? Well, here's one that I think is completely stupid. Okay. I think the Mavericks signing Kyle, uh, Kyrie Irving for three years is just, uh, to me, it's just stupid. Um, now, it, it, does his numbers help? For sure. Uh, his numbers are looking great. I mean, he looks back kind of like at that all-star caliber. Sure. But we in, in the games that he and Luca play, they just didn't work. And so I don't know what they're going to do there. Um, you think he just becomes that veteran like presence on the bench? I mean, it's Kyrie, so I highly doubt he plays. No, he's not. Bench, yeah, yeah, he's not. Oh, he's he's too. I mean, how do you have two all-stars like that that are on the same team but they're not going to work? And, and we've right. seen it not work on other teams, right? I mean, for when, sure. When LeBron first went to Miami. And back in like 2012, that didn't work either. Right at first, and obviously they figured it out. Um, no, I think I just think that Kyrie's proven to be somewhat of a head case. And I think my biggest thing is you're giving three years to the guy who told the Boston Celtics, "This is where I want to like kind of end my career." And yeah, then he went across, the, you know, across and went over to Brooklyn, and now he's obviously uh, with Dallas. So I think more for me, it's like how, how trustworthy is this guy? I mean, he's putting up these numbers, and we're going to try to make it work with Luca and the rest of them. But now we've given him three years, and this, you know, two year, and I think three years, so third year is a player option. Mm-hmm. So now we're looking at, hey. You're with us for two years at least, unless we unless we decide we're going to trade you. But even then, it, the ball's in our court, which <clears throat> we're still going to have to pay you guaranteed money. Right. And for Kyrie, I mean, if I were a GM, it'd be, hey, I'm just going to give you one year. We're going to see how it works out, and we'll move on right. from there. Well, no harm, no foul at that point, right? Correct. And, and, and part of it, I wonder, too, comes back to who the head coach is down there. You yeah. know, Jason Kidd coached up in Brooklyn. 
you know, maybe that's part of it as well as he wants, a, you know, someone, maybe he feels like he can kind of control the Kyrie narrative and, and what's happened over the past few seasons where, you know, we've kind of seen him fall off and in terms of like social life. But uh, I, I wonder if that plays a, a huge role in that as well. I think so. I mean, you, you would want somebody that you know. And so sure. obviously Jason Kidd and Kyrie kind of have been that, that already um, may, may work, but um, another one that I want to get to too is Fred Van Fleet went from mm. Toronto down to Houston. So okay. the big question for Fred Van Fleet is you've now gone from uh, the Toronto Raptors got knocked out of the play in tournament this year, but the Houston Rockets weren't even close to the uh, playoffs. <laughs> so Fred Van Fleet basically got his money, got his bag, and now is going to Houston. And now he's kind of the the main guy down there. Um, he has um, Jalen Green, uh, Jabari Smith. Jabari Smith actually would be his second year in the league. Um, and also Jalen Green, but Jalen Green played in the G League. But all that to say that Fred Van Fleet is going to kind of be that veteran and be that vet and kind of and lead that team. Uh, so good for him. But I'm getting the bag. I think my real issue here is what are the Raptors doing? Um, are they just kind of building around Scotty Barnes, who's up there? He's a great young stud. But if you're already looking at Pascal, you know, and, and right, talks right. of possibly getting rid of him to the Hawks or or, or somewhere else. other team right. that may want him and can utilize him more, and now you got rid of Fred Van Fleet, who's your next top scorer, you're the guy that really is distributing the ball and doing what he needs to do for you. Where, where are you? Like, well, true. Like, yeah. What do you at that point? What are you doing? Not to mention that the Raptors then signed Dennis Schroeder to a two-year deal, and Dennis Schroeder's the most I-can-shoot-a-three-ball-but-can't-hit-a-three-ball kind of guy I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've got a young team. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. Maybe they're counting on some of that to be part of it. You know, you've seen Memphis kind of come through with a younger team. Uh, I don't know. I don't I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe, I mean, maybe they are building around Scotty Barnes. He's young. He's only 21. So, you know, maybe that's kind of their thought as they can get get rid of some of these. Uh, they're not really old, but older guys, you know, what your Pascal is 29. And in terms of NBA age, that's still relatively young, considering how far we've seen LeBron and others go on to play. Yeah. Um, maybe they're thinking they can get something in return for that now. Uh, I mean, like you said, the Dennis Schroeder, also 29. So... I no. guess he's considered a veteran at his position at, at this time, but it, is the point of that just to give a veteran presence over the next two years while you're rebuilding? Or, I mean, you've got um, the center, the 27 year old center up there, Jakob. Yeah, they just just got a new deal. Yeah, four so, years, seventy eight million, and Jakob Pertle came from San Antonio. But like, what? Like it, it, Jakob is like your you you would consider that like hey he's a he's a good center right so let, like if we got Fred and Fleet and we have Pascal and right. Jakob I mean, you would think you would be squad. building around that yeah, right. as, yeah, yeah as a whole instead of trading trading away pieces or yeah 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 I don't I quite I, understand I, that like I said I don't like I, it's the whole point of even talking about this is like oh, where's the direction you know congrats to again Van Fleet but I mean you know, what are the rappers doing <laughs> I mean if you're Van, uh, Van Fleet. You got your money. You're gonna go be that you know, that that number one guy down in Houston, and so be. It. And there also talks about James Harden possibly going back. I don't know if that now mm-hmm. probably just takes that out of the question. Sure, because uh, James James Harden has uh, opted into his player option down in Philly, and so he's you know want to be traded away. And Philly's, I don't know if the market looks like 
looks like anything for James because um, people are kind of set on this whole Damian Lillard thing right now. They're looking at him. Yeah. And then... And I think um, that sets a lot of things in motion. Yeah. And then also, we don't need James Harden. You know, most teams are... I mean, does James Harden help for sure? But if he's running the one like he wants to or has been, uh, most teams that... most teams aren't needing the one, and most teams that do need the one, maybe can't afford it. Right? Sure. Well, and and you also have to look now that he's opted into that player option. Now Philly owns that leverage. Oh, like you know they're going to ask and ask for whatever they can try to get out of that. So th- I, I think that was an interesting decision by him to kind of opt in. I don't know if he thought maybe he didn't have any like true free agent suitors, if or like the market wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe he just felt like he wasn't going to get as much compared to his opt-in option for the contract. So I don't know. Uh, but I definitely think that that leaves it interesting with Philly having the upper hand there to kind of ask for whatever they want. So. Yeah. Truthfully, I think he's chasing a ring. Okay. I think he's – I mean, Joel Embiid is – I'm going to put it this way. He's not the MVP this year. He got voted the MVP. People got upset about the whole MVP. They're tired. They're tired of seeing Nikola oh, Jokic. Yeah. He's two years in a row. We cannot good, make it good. Good. And there's a whole thing between Kendra Perkins and um, um, John Blank, JJ Redick, uh-huh. about the whole like JJ's all like, hey, but it is Nikola. Like he is better. And MB or in Perkins having this argument for Embiid and is Embiid great? Yeah. He to me he probably is top tier. He is MVP material. I just don't think he was the MVP, and he showed that in the playoffs where he didn't help Philly as much as he probably could have. Sure. But then again, James Harden, I think dropped like eight points on like an elimination game. So where's, what's James Harden doing too? It can't just be Joel. Um, But I think James Harden is chasing that ring of I've seen other people do it and they've, they're getting their rings. And I just want to, I wanted to work now, you know, in this fast paced NBA that we have where people just want to win, 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 win and get a ring, 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 ring. Yeah, here we are, right? And we we've seen like Kevin Durant. I mean, Kevin Durant was on the Thunder, decided to go to the Warriors, right? And then teamed up with Kyrie and James Harden back in Brooklyn, and that just fell apart, right? Right? And that was it was with the Phoenix Suns and with Devin Booker and now Bradley Bill, who got signed. That's a big one, yeah. Um, and they should look great. The only thing with the Suns is, do they have any depth? And they've signed on a good bit of people. Um, to help with that, but I still, I don't know. I still think that it can get a little tricky for them uh, because all of their money is so caught up in those big three that they have down there and even Aiden. So sure, just throw in the big four. And do they have a lot of depth? They have a lot of guys, I think, on one years. Yeah. And kind of like, hey, it's either it's either now or never. <laughs> right. Well, they did just sign Bobo to a one-year deal. Uh, so that kind of, I guess, gives them a little more depth. Uh, if that's what they're looking for, but uh, ball, he's been passed around like candy for sure. I mean, he looked good in Orlando. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, he, he had some highlights down there, but also Orlando is, uh, you know, poo poo. So right, <laughs> for sure. Um, but uh, let's go to another one that was a little surprising for some people. Um, well, not surprising. More so, Draymond Green stayed elected to stay with the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people had him pegged to possibly go join LeBron, go join some somewhere else. But the the result of Draymond staying is also the Warriors getting rid of Chris Paul or getting rid of Jordan Poole and acquiring Chris Paul through like a two or three team trade. Yeah, which is really crazy. Uh, for those that don't know, the watered down version, real quick, is last season before the season started. Uh, Draymond and Jordan Poole actually got into an altercation. Draymond ended up punching him. They kind of made good right before the season started, but it really was never the same. Uh, they both kind of 
you know, on the court, they played nice, but behind the scenes, sure. it seemed like if there was some animosity still there. And so, yeah, it was never the same. And if, you, if you've seen pictures of Jordan Love and his new, or Jordan Love, Jordan Poole, what's up with me, man? Jordan Poole in his new Wizards uniform. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's like the season's already over for him. I mean, right. He just looks depressed. And he does. Kind of feel sorry for him, but I do, I'm a big Kyle Kuzma fan, so I'm glad that he and Kuz um, can, can play together. Um, but, well, I think, you know, talk, you were talking about the trade that sent Jordan Poole to the Wizards. I, I just feel like the Wizards definitely got the better end of that deal. I mean, they got Patrick Baldwin Jr., Jordan Poole, Ryan Rollins, and then a 2027 second round pick and a 2030 first round pick with a top 20 protected and cash considerations all for Chris Paul. Sure. I, I, I think that's a haul. Yeah, especially for future years. It's a haul to be bad for the next three years. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's true too. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I just feel like they got a, a, a lot, a lot for Chris Paul, who was really just a trade piece for them anyway, because they made that trade for with Bradley Beal earlier. Which is crazy though, because Chris Paul knows all about like we're gonna get you to a contender. Yeah. Like it's crazy that we live in like Chris Paul, I I, I think no, Chris Paul's now on the Warriors. I think we just said that just to clarify. That he will be playing with Steph and Clay and Draymond. But I think Chris Paul may go down just like Carmelo Anthony and Allen Iverson as one of the greatest all time to never get to me. Never win. Also, Charles Barkley could be yeah. behind in that, that conversation and some others. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think this fixes Chris Paul's itch. Um, I mean, it is going to be fun to play with Steph. His IQ is crazy. He's going to be, you know, you think Steph and Draymond are the vets, but really Chris Paul's coming in and right. he's, he's the ultimate vet. Um, but I just, yeah, poor Chris Paul. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm a Chris Paul fan enough just because he, his basketball knowledge is awesome, and you can tell that he can really read a floor. But again, he doesn't help. I don't think he helps the Warriors a lot, but he does end up in a quote unquote contender. I mean, the Warriors were put out by the Lakers in the semifinals of the Western playoffs this year. You know, I think they they probably could have beat him in some way, shape, or form. Um, I don't know if Chris Paul necessarily is the missing piece that helps him get over the hump, but sure. you know. So yeah, so the, we have the the Suns who acquire Bradley Bill. We have the Wizards who get Jordan Poole along with all these all other, other stuff. all this other you know no name stuff. Um, and then we stop and think that uh, within this we have Kristaps Porzingis who was playing for um, Washington, I think at the time. Uh, yes, that's and, correct. Because because he also was the Washington's done a lot of moving, right? They right, tons left and right. Yes. Um, and here's where I think the Boston Celtics have have dropped the ball. Um, the Boston Celtics have gotten rid of Marcus Smart, who I think you could argue. No, I don't think you can argue. I think it's a, a known fact. He's the heartbeat of the Boston Celtics. Mm -hmm. Yes, you have Jason Tatum. Yes, you have Jalen Brown. They are the scores. They're the ones that are going to do what they need to do. But Marcus Smart is the sole beat, beating drum of that of that team, and so Marcus Smart is going to Memphis, and uh, Grant Williams is also going to uh, Dallas. And those two guys are coming off of uh, the Boston's uh, roster, and then they're acquiring. They're getting uh, Porzingis. Now, this is not all in one trade. All that didn't happen with just one trade. But Porzingis, I don't think helps. My only my only guess here is, is the point with making this this trade is that they they get a number twenty five pick in the twenty twenty three draft, so that's ten picks better than what they initially had in the twenty twenty three draft. So I don't know if they have something there, or 
or what, but they also get a 2024 first round pick um, in that same trade. So they receive Porzingis, they get a number 2025 pick in this upcoming draft from the Grizzlies in that three team trade. And then they also secure a 2024 first round pick with a top four protected. So I don't know. I, I mean, they also trade, like you said, they trade away Marcus Smart, who ends up in, in Memphis. Uh, and then the Wizards end up getting Tyus Jones from Memphis. They get uh, Danilo Gallinari from the Celtics. Who's Mike, coming off a torn Achilles, I think. I think so. so. I mean, he's, yeah. Mike Muscala, f- former Hawk, I'm pretty sure, yep. uh, from the Celtics. And then a number 35 pick in the 2023 draft. So my, my only thing is maybe they feel like they've, they've come out on the positive because they move up. 10 draft picks in the 2023 draft. I, I'm not sure. That's my only guess. What did they get? Drafts happen. Oh, 23. Well, let's find out. I'm not sure. I'm not, I don't know. I can't, I definitely can't recall who they grabbed. Marcus Sasser from, um, well, that's who they drafted. <laughs> they ended up trading him to the Pistons. Uh, did they get anything with him? Um, let's see. While he's doing that, again, just to say that Boston has made it to the finals two, uh, last year. This past season, they get to the Eastern Conference Finals, right? And then against the Heat because they went game seven. That's right. And now I don't think they got any better. I mean, they got rid of Marcus Smart and Grant Williams and really for this whole we're bringing in Porzingis. And Porzingis, I mean, was he great when he played for New York? The New York Knicks, sure. I mean, he did okay down in Dallas as well. Played along with Luka. Wasn't the best fix ever, like what I think some people thought it was going to be. Um, in uh, Washington, you know, eh, subpar kind of thing. But I just I just don't think the Celtics got better, and I, I think that's what the Celtics are try- obviously trying to do. It's like we're, we're like one piece away. I mean, we got to the finals last year, got put out by the Warriors. We got to the Eastern Conference Finals, Game 7, got put out by the Heat. Like, we are there. We are we're so close to being, you know, getting another one in the rafters, but I just don't think Porzingis is the the answer here. Yeah, um, and and kind of going back, so what ended up happening is the Celtics actually rerouted that number twenty five pick from Memphis to Detroit, who ended up picking Marcus Sasser, gotcha. uh, and they ended up getting uh, the first round pick in the second round, and then multiple future second round selections from Detroit for that. So, um, you know, I don't know if that's really any better, but. I mean, sure. If we're, <laughs> I mean, we're not in the front office. I mean, Brad right. Stevens, who was the head coach, now um, has served his, I think, first year um, under uh, or second year under like this the player, you know, CEO kind of basically. Right. If you're thinking of that in that terms, and I mean, he may know what's going on, um, but I just prove me wrong, Brad Stevens, because yep. I just don't, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, last year they grabbed uh, Malcolm Brockton, and he was supposed to be, you know, their backup point guard, and I think he played really well. And instead of, you know, helping out there, if we get rid of Marcus Smart, so Malcolm's now going to be your, I guess, your starting point, um, and Porzingis is going to fit somewhere in there. Again, I just just don't think it's the answer. So, uh, yeah, there you are about the Celtics. If you're a Celtics fan, again, I, I don't know if this year's your year either. I mean, you do have Jason Tatum. I mean, he's great. Right, he was in the MVP conversation for the first quarter of the season. Um, Jalen Jalen Brown is supposed to get a bag. I saw um, actually pull it up real quick. I saw a picture this morning um, that I was looking at. Is that 
the that Jalen Brown, he's 26 years old. Um, according to uh, Woj, uh-huh. so H.O. Warzanowski, uh, his next contract could reach $304 million. And I just – He's had some great numbers. I think he had, he had 26 uh, points, uh, seven, right at seven rebounds and three and a half assists on 49 percent of the from the field, which sure. is great, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's making every every other shot basically. Right. So I, I think I don't know if he's worth it though, uh, because in the playoffs too, he's showing is he going to show up and also help Jason Tatum out, and Jason Tatum is also going to have an extension here shortly. So, I mean, they're going to be wrapped up if, if they do pay him a big number close to that, which, again, I don't think that Jalen Brown's not worth it. Like, I don't think he's worth $304 million sure. necessarily. I do think he's worth, you know, some some big chunk of change. Well, and, and then you have to think with money like that, the new CBA was passed. So will it really be that much when we look at punishments for going over salary tax, you know, caps and all this luxury tax stuff and Mm -hmm. and aprons and and punishments with that. So I'll be interested to see if that's really what it pans out to be. Yeah, but much like the Yankees or the Dodgers or the Mets, Boston's in the the situation to do it. They'll do it and say, you know what, if this brings us championships or gets us better, like we're going to spend big money and then pay the tax, right? Well, sure, and and the taxes, you know, that's like – pennies in their pocket for for taxes but i think with the new cba and and which is the collective bargaining agreement Correct. between the players and the, the association, association yeah. mm-hmm. um you know i think that they're the biggest impact to that is the the ability to trade first round picks so you're not able to trade first round picks out seven years mm-hmm. so if we you know if we pay over that second apron this year so that second bracket mm-hmm. then we're not able to trade a first round pick until 2030 yeah which ultimately the i my understanding is the point of this is just to kind of hurt you in the future yes. for, for you paying now it'll kind of hurt you in the future so well it, i think it could it seems like it kind of prevents you being good for long period like it, sure. it allows other teams to still be able to get those other picks right to hopefully help the bad teams get better and the Good teams right now, not always, you know, like you're saying, they're not going to have that number one overall or that number one pick, yeah, first round pick or whatnot. So, which, yeah, like you said, kind of hopefully kind of kind of evens the playing field across all teams. You know, that's that's one big difference between the NBA and the MLB. MLB has they don't have hard salary caps, so it's been interesting to see. These teams like the Yankees and the Mets spend, spend, spend in free agency and the MLB. And and we've seen, you know, baseball doesn't actually mean that you're going to be any better. You know, NBA, you've got a five-man team, right, that are playing on the court. And so it's a a little more impactful because you have such a smaller team at one time. Um, But spending, hopefully, on some big names there helps you you know, really in the long run over the course of many seasons in the NBA, if they stay healthy. So, yeah. And I think that's interesting to see kind of that dynamic between the two of the big three sports, um, For sure. you know, salaries and money and how all that plays into things. So. Yeah. I mean, one, one thing I want to, I want to get to a couple more real quick. Okay. Um, and then we can move on into the, uh, uh mid season tournament. Uh, let's go real quick. Uh, Max Struess came okay. from, uh, went to the finals with the heat. Uh, sharpshooter. I actually was going to Cleveland now. 
uh, signed uh, with them. What I will say is Cleveland is looking nasty. I mean, they have Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell. Now they have Max Struess. You put that on top of Evan Mobley, who is a phenomenal young uh, guy, and then Jared Allen. I mean, th- this team is looking stacked. So uh, Hawks have to play them a good bit because yep. they are in the East. Um, but, I mean, they, they look good. And so kudos to them for kind of going out and getting that sharpshooter that they really needed. Um, another one from the Heat that is leaving is Gabe Vincent. Okay. Gabe Vincent was their point guard that's going – well. Kyle Lowry kind of split time with him as well, but he's going to uh, the Lakers and he made a comment about, I want to be with a contending team. <laughs> you put a question mark up because Miami just made it to the finals. Right. Like, are they not a contending team? Um, but yeah, he, uh, he, he's going to the, the Lakers and there was one more that I wanted to get to that I thought was pretty uh, worth noting. Oh, um, Chris Middleton, Chris Middleton, uh, Actually, is staying with Milwaukee. A lot of people kind of reaching out, but I think his number was too high. He was asking too much or wanting too much and ends up ultimately staying with Milwaukee as well as Brooke Lopez also staying with Milwaukee. Okay. Um, so that team kind of looked – I mean, you still have Giannis, Giroux, um, Brooke now, Brooke, Brooke stayed, and uh, Chris. So they're kind of looking the same. They were the number one seed in the East, ended up getting put out in the first round by Miami. So – Kind of interesting, the but they should still be still be favorites coming up. So um, yeah, those are the the ones I wanted to get back to. And the last one is of course Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard has been uh, with the Portland Trailblazers for eleven years. Um, has been you know their bread and butter. Uh, has done what he needed to do to kind of <laughs> get them to the playoffs or right, everything to the playoffs. And it's just unfortunate he's now asked for a trade. And this kind of comes after um, Portland actually did get Jeremy uh, Jeremy Grant to sign on with them, which, you know, he's a pretty he's a pretty good three, three guy for mm-hmm. you. Um, maybe not what Damian Lillard was looking for. Not that he's a, a bad by any sense of uh, by any sense of a professional athlete, but then they got Scoot Henderson in the draft. So I think Dame's real big problem is, hey, this is kind of more building. Like, we're not going to be winners right now. Right. And i kind of tired of be doing that. And I also think that Portland, the fan base kind of didn't necessarily push him out, but kind of put those thoughts out there. And he even made a comment of, like, if you're going to put those thoughts out there, like, let's just go ahead and make them come true. Sure. Um, so his destination right now is he's really, really wanting to get to Miami. Um, but I think if you're the Portland Trailblazers front office, you just kind of sit there and play the waiting game. Oh, I mean, for sure. worth so much. And if you're not going to get anything, like you got to make sure you get him back and some, right? Right. With your accolades that are going to be coming in, um, your draft picks and all the other good stuff. And a lot of people have uh, Brooklyn kind of pegged in the sense of not him going to Brooklyn, but him being another team that kind of jumps into this because they have a lot of trade or they have a lot of draft picks. Sure. Um, somebody that could also jump in just for draft pick reasons would be like the Thunder or the Jazz. I mean, like that. I mean they have so many draft picks. Um, I think the Thunder have like 35 draft picks in in the next like six or seven crazy. years. Um, which, you know, well, obviously they're not going to draft that mu- that many people, but what they can do is obviously that's a great leverage, right? right. They can say, hey, we can give you three draft picks in 2026. Yep. Plus we'll give you one player and then what did you, what you got? So he wants to go to my, Damian Lillard wants to go to Miami, wants to join up with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, which I think would obviously put awesome. the heat at the top of the East or one of the teams at the top of the East that we'd have to kind of look out for. But, um, the Trailblazers kind of sitting back saying, hey, we're, we're going to wait this thing out as they should. 
Um, so just keep an eye on that. I mean, between Damian Lillard and James Harden kind of sitting and waiting, uh, those are your two biggest names. Um, you have a couple other guys like Russell Westbrook. He stayed with the Clippers. Um, and I think that's a good fit for him. He looked pretty good at the very end. The Clippers made it to um, the playoffs. And actually, you know, just from Russell Westbrook, he, he Trey Young, who doesn't catch a lot, catch a lot of he does catch a lot of flack. Russell Westbrook catches a lot of flack and still can put up numbers. Like let's not forget he averaged a triple double right. like a couple seasons ago. Right. I mean, he's he's insane. So yeah, his shooting probably could get better and his his defense on the this end of, this end of the ball could get better. But let's not forget that he averaged a triple double and we kind of turn our nose to say like like that's normal. Like it's not right. right? It's not normal. No. Um I mean Oscar Robertson did it back in the day, but like it's not normal. So for for Russell to continue to do that, uh, I hope that um, things still work out with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. I mean, that's the whole thing with the Clippers. I mean, they can't stay healthy. As I say, can they stay healthy? I mean, then you have Zubac, who is like an amazing center for them that is holding it down. And I mean, just all these different players that are coming together, but they just can't all stay healthy. So I would love to see. I think if the Clippers can stay healthy, I mean, they're pretty dangerous too. Um, But for the past two or three seasons now, Kawhi and Paul George have played hardly any games together. Um, and now they have Russell Westbrook. So hoping to see that this season actually, yeah, goes well for them and they, they can stay healthy. You know, and we can kind of move into um, the, the awards section where you just talked about where Kawhi and, and Paul George have been injured. So going forward, that's going to impact uh, awards, right? So yeah. uh, the way that's sub- supposed to look is they have to play a minimum of 65 games in, in the season and at least 20 minutes in each of those games to even qualify or or even be looked at for for big league awards so like the mvp award mm-hmm. uh the F- defensive player of the year um you know all nba honors and and really that impacts in the long run a lot of these players have um different things in their contracts that say well right. if you meet this award yeah. or if you receive this honor then you get this bonus yep um so i think that's super important because that's that's a big deal that's going to keep these players uh playing a lot a lot more uh less resting days um for those of you that don't know there are only 82 games in an nba season in the regular season so 65 half you have to play at least 65 of those games uh at, at least 20 minutes um and and com- uh, correct me if i'm wrong each quarter is 15 minutes 12 12 minutes so less okay so you know the first half's 24 minutes in total time um of course without stoppages but anyway um so that's important to note they have to play at least a half pretty much to, to qualify in each one of these games. So, um, but really that's, you know, super important to note. So those 12 minute quarters, uh, have to play at least 20 minutes in, in 65 games to qualify for those special awards. Uh, So that'll be an interesting, interesting thing to see. It is. I mean, and I think Adam Silver has done such a good job with, you know, people are coming to the games and I mean, when the, when the warriors come to Atlanta, they only come one time. So what happens, guys, is there are 30 teams in the NBA, 15 make up the East, 15 make up the West. If you're an East team, you play the West team twice. You play them once at their place and once at your place. So like LeBron, who's in the West, Steph, who's in the West. When those guys come to Atlanta, I mean, you only get one shot to see them, unless obviously you go and fly out and go see them in California. So these tickets are 
pretty expensive, right? Big name people are coming to to Atlanta. So the, what this all does is hopefully get those stars when they're not injured, right? They're not suffering from high ankle sprains. They're not suffering from torn ACLs or Achilles is they get them on the court and you pay good money to see them. And therefore, this is encouraging to say, hey, we're, we're going to get the fans rewarded. We're going to get them rewarded. Um, and like Wilson was kind of saying, uh, you know, I can be told, hey, you're going to pay $18 million. Um, over the next like two seasons, so nine million a year. But if you make the All NBA, that eighteen million can grow up to twenty three million. So I can add on like five more million dollars just if my play has been great, and that goes back to that sixty five game minimum, which I I do think is important. I mean, we kind of talked earlier um, amongst ourselves about Kevin Durant mm-hmm. and some others like LeBron who made second team All NBA um, that did have some some injuries, and there are going to be some stipulations behind. If you're injured, you got to play, you know, maybe 62 games. Sure. Um, or if you've played at least 15 minutes in, in most of the games, then maybe you won't necessarily be disqualified from that. But I do think that Adam Silver's done a great job, and the CBA's done a great job too, of like all kind of go, all coming together of like, hey, like here's what the players think, here's what we think, let's all get together and, and talk about um, and talk about the the new rule that could hopefully help players stay on the court. Um, this year, actually, at the very end of the season, um, the NBA does a lottery. For those of you that also don't know, the the NBA does a lottery for uh, picks. So kind of in the NFL, basically, if you're the worst team, you kind of have that first pick. You have the worst record, and it kind of falls in order from there. Um, in the NBA, you are basically a percentage. So if you have the uh, the worst um, record, you get, you know, you may be... 10% likely to to get the number one overall pick, and then it kind of goes down from there. And so hopefully what this does is – actually, I lost my train of thought. I was going with <laughs> – Yeah, so you were talking about the, the percentage. So it, oh, sorry, it yes. keeps people from sitting their players and Correct. tanking. Oh, yeah, sorry. And then what we saw – there we go. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> what we saw is actually the Mavs, like the last three uh, games of their season, they actually found out that, hey – We've lost one too many games now to even make the playoffs. So instead, what we're going to do is just sit down our players, our you know our stars, and we're just kind of going to put our reserves in there, and we're not expected to win. So that hopefully our percentage actually gets better for a better pick in the, this year's draft, and, and they get fined for that now. Mm-hmm. So you can't just sit players just to sit them for rest or whatever, but you, whatever you want to call it. Um, and obviously, in Dallas's. Uh, instance, they were trying to obviously get a better <laughs> draft pick or better percentage for a draft pick. So, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to to see how that plays out. Um, obviously, it's going to be unfortunate because there are obviously going to be injuries that happen in the NBA. You're going to have a torn Achilles. You're going to have an ACL, something that's going to happen to a big-name player who you're obviously not going to be able to see for the rest of the season. But it does allow those other names to kind of stay out there and, and do what they need to do and hopefully get – um, some more accolades, but beside their name. Right? Sure. And I think it's important kind of going back to the lottery talk that you were talking about. So the the three teams that have the worst records, so the worst three records in the league, all receive the same percentage uh, or lottery probability. And it's 14%. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's no guarantee that if you are one of the worst three teams that you get the first overall pick. Now, this year it just played out that um, San Antonio actually had the third worst record and they got the first overall pick well detroit who had the worst record Mm -hmm. actually ended up with the fifth overall pick yeah so you know charlotte ended up having only a a 
twelve and a half percent probability to to have the first overall pick, and they ended up with the second overall pick. So, I think that lottery really tries to even that field as much as possible. Uh, I think it's super important. Uh, big, big, um, like NBA and uh, MLB have really forced or or pushed towards some uh, fan experiences in the last few years, and what that looks like, and how to get more fans into the buildings. And I think that's super important for sports just in general. Uh, waiting for the NFL to kind of follow suit. Um, God, they're always so. One day, one day. Uh, I'm not super familiar with like NHL, um, but I feel like hockey fans are hockey fans and, and they really support their teams, whether they're good, bad, or ugly. And uh, I think the the fighting aspect of hockey attracts fans alone because that's like the only sport, you know, you may see some fights in other sports. Like most of those are just pushing matches, but in, in NHL, they actually let the fights come off, come off, hit each other. And then, you know, it it ends. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, I think that's super important. And, uh, a lot of that, you know, I've, been following Savannah Bananas, uh, which is, you know, oh, yeah. fun. They're kind of like the Harlem Globetrotters of baseball. Um, so seeing how they, their owner, Jesse Cole, has like written a whole book about fans first and what that looks like. And, and some of the experiences that they give fans is super important. Um, they involve fans in their games. Uh, you know, the players come out at the beginning before games even start and greet fans. And then they stay after to sign autographs and just say hello. And these guys are not necessarily famous people, right? Most of, most of us don't even know anybody that's on the team. Most of these are like post-college guys that are just kind of get on, trying to get on somewhere. Uh, and the Savannah, Savannah bananas actually started as the Savannah sand Natch years ago as like a summer league, uh, college team. Yeah. Um, but now they've become this traveling team, very similar to the Harlem Globetrotters where the Globetrotters games are scripted parts of the Savannah bananas games are scripted, but it's still the game of baseball. Um, so I think that fan first knowledge is kind of starting to be noticed by some, some bigger leagues around, uh, around the U S and seeing what Savannah and bananas do. They sell out every time they go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's been super cool. Hopefully they're kind of pushing that narrative toward more fan first kind of interactions and, and what that looks like. And I think NBA and MLB have taken some notice trying to make some changes. Uh, one of those changes for the NBA this year is that in-season, mid-season tournament. Yeah. Uh, and they're they're trying to drum up some interest. Uh, the WNBA already does uh, an in-season tournament. There's called the uh, Commissioner's Cup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the NBA is going to call theirs the NBA Cup. Um, so it's it's interesting. Um, it reminds me a lot of soccer. Uh, uh, is, is exactly what you it know, is. like MLS does a lot of in season tournaments. Uh, so these these matches and games mean more than just regular season. They they do impact the regular season standings, but there's also an incentive to win these cups and and uh, play well during these games. So and and to that point, I think what happens too is is these this mid season tournament. What it does is it still keeps the bad teams interested. Sure. So like right. what's happening is. Like Wilson's saying about the whole keeping the fans interested or the the fans or the the team is when you have a bad team, and let's just be honest, I mean, there are teams out there right now that will start getting the training camps here shortly that they know like, hey, we're, you know, we're not going to be great. Oh, yeah. And we're going to, you know, do what we can. Maybe we can kind of muck up the <laughs> the standard right, trailer try around us. Play spoiler. Um, but what this will do, hopefully, is give them a little more interest and, and obviously, like he's saying, an incentive for... Uh, for doing well. Right. And so 
we'll talk a little bit about this in season tournament because it's brand new. This will be the first season. Um, you know, it's it's like the NBA also made those changes to their playoffs, right? So they've expanded those playoffs, trying to keep as, it. trying to keep as many teams interested as possible. Uh, it was really cool to see Miami. Uh, who was a play-in team, which means they were the bottom four teams, uh, one of the bottom four teams in their league um, in terms of standings. Obviously, there are teams that never made the playoffs, but yes. in, in terms of playoff seating, uh, to make it as far as they did and do yeah. what they did. And uh, I think that's super awesome because it it's showing that you don't have to be the number one overall seed to make it all the way and to win the whole thing and yeah. do your whole thing. And I think that's super. They were, uh, they were the eighth seed, so they're the lowest seed, the last seed to actually make it in. Oh, yeah. So, um, and they made it all the way to the finals to represent the East. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it doesn't get, yeah, it goes to show that just because we have a number beside our name, right? We're, we're distinguished to one through eight. Mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that. Cause I mean, they I think they beat Milwaukee for one. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, and I mean, that, that, that just reminds me of like Philly's run last year in the MLB playoffs. I mean, they were not, they were not better than the Braves last season. I mean, we saw that throughout the entire regular season. And then for them to come from a wild card spot to then make it all the way to the World Series. Now, they didn't win, so, but still, I mean, yep. they went in, they were red hot. They caught hot, you know, at the exact right time. They were the team to beat. They looked great. They, I mean, they spanked the Braves while we played in, in our, you know, so. I don't know. It, it's really cool to see that it's not just that number one seed that always goes on to just blow everybody out. There, there are times that that happens, but normally speaking, I feel like there's there's always some sort of shakeup once you get in there. And mm-hmm. and I'm interested to see how this midseason tournament kind of happens uh, for the NBA. I'll, I'll be interested to see what that does. But there are incentives, like you were saying, keeps those bad teams interested, at least the players on those bad teams interested because yeah. uh, there is an incentive. You know, you win the whole thing, that's $500,000. You know, it's been reported that th- they'll get $500,000 per player if they win that in-season tournament. That's huge. Like, you know, I'm already getting paid my millions, but if, if I'm like a, a rookie that signed just a, a minimum rookie deal or a veteran that signed a veteran minimum or, or whatever, um, that $500,000 is a big deal. And can really incentivize me to to play well. And um, so the way it's going to work um, is these teams were every team in the NBA yep. was placed um, into a group, and they're split by conference. So we have West Group A, B, and C, and the Eastern Group A, B, and C. And the way they did this was through a draw, mm-hmm. and so it's they're called pots. And um, you were placed in a pot based off of last year's regular season record. So the top teams with the three best records in their conference were placed in a pot. And what that does is that breaks those teams up. Yeah. So each one of those teams is going to be in a different pot. And then from there, it's the teams. Pot two is the teams with the fourth through sixth best record. Pot three is the seventh through ninth best record. Pot four is the 10th through 12th. And then pot five is the 13th through 15th. And what that does is tries to keep these teams spread out so that not all the bad teams are in one bucket, not all the good teams are in one bucket, and hopefully keeps it more interesting as they go. And and they were smart to go ahead and release these pots now because that'll impact scheduling for the NBA schedule because these are still regular season games. Just the wins and the points and all that goes towards yeah, it's almost, it's almost like playing a regular season game with an asterisk. Yeah, it. for okay, sure. Hey, this still matters of 
Like this in season tournament still will impact us if we go to the playoffs. So it's like double sided. So right. and these happen in November. Right? Yeah, November. So the, so they'll be played from like November third uh, is the is the first set of games through the twenty eighth. And the only day they won't play is on November seventh. And it's not every game played during those dates. It's only those Tuesdays and Fridays where games are scheduled. Um, so those are going to be called tournament nights. Yeah. And so it'll start in group play. All right. And so uh, these group play games will count as regular season games, of course. Um, and then they'll play each of the other four teams in their group. For example, the Hawks are in Eastern Group A. Yep. So they are in a group with the Philadelphia 76ers, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Pacers, and the Pistons. We can win that. So, right. You know, there we could at least end up potentially end up in the top two out of that group yeah. to, to hopefully move on. So um, it's going to be super interesting. Um, there are, of course, tiebreakers. I won't go into that because that's talking about so many hypotheticals and, and what that looks like. And, you know, all you need to know is if you finish in the top, then you move on to the quarters and then the semis and then, um, which are going to be considered the knockout round. And the, those are lose and go home. Yep. Okay. Uh, so eight teams will advance to the knockout rounds. So that's the team with the best standing and group play games in each of the six groups and then one wild card team from each conference. Okay. The wild card team, uh, what they're saying is it'll be the best record in group play games that just finish second in its group. So each group will have the top team go, and then the next best team overall in that conference will be the wild card team to go on play. Um, so of course, then if two more teams are tied, they'll go through their tie breaking procedure and all that loveliness. Um, they'll move on to the knockout rounds. So those will be single elimination games. So that means you lose, you go home and then you'll advance hopefully through there. So, November 3rd through the 28th are all group play. That's the group stage trying to get everybody through. After that, and they've just, they've figured out who those eight teams are moving on to the knockout rounds. Those will be December 4th and 5th. Okay. Um, and then after that, they'll move to, uh, the semifinals, which are on December 7th. And that's going to be a neutral side game. So they'll go play, um, in Vegas, Vegas actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. And then the championship will be on December 9th, also in Vegas. So the thing is the knockout rounds, um, meaning the quarterfinals and semifinals um, will count as regular season games, but the finals will not. So the championship will not be counted as regular season games. That'll be um, on its own. So they'll play 83 games. Yes, those teams teams will play 83 games. Um, So in the quarterfinals, which is that first round of the knockout, um, they'll be hosted by the two teams with the best record in group play, and then the team with the best record in group play games will host the wildcard team. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, and then obviously during the knockout rounds on days when the end season tournament games are not scheduled. So like Wednesday, the 6th and Friday, December 8th, the 22 teams that did not qualify will each play two regular season games. Yeah. So sense. does that make sense? So yeah. those teams that are in the end season tournament that made it to the knockout round. So the quarterfinals and the semifinals will play their games on Wednesday, December 6th and Friday, December 8th and all other 20-something teams that didn't make it this far will play regular season games. Yeah. So um, it's been interesting. So I'm excited to see how it goes. Um, Of course, there are prizes and league honors um, that are going to go in. They'll they'll name an MVP of the competition, an all-tournament team for those in the in-season tournament. So I think that'll be cool. Um, And that, of course, will be based on their performance in both the group play and the knockout rounds. And then I talked a little bit about it earlier. Um, there was a discussion where 
Um, allegedly, they are going to give $500,000 to the team or the players on the team that uh, win the whole thing. And then I think it just kind of goes down from there. So $200,000 per player for the second place team, $100,000 per player for the losers in the semifinals, and then $50,000 per player in the quarterfinals. And which all goes back to, they're just trying to get you interested. Oh, yeah. Like, these games matter. Right. Like, and for someone like the Pistons who finished last, right, last year. For sure. The worst record. I mean, if you can somehow make it out of pot A, um, yeah, you got a chance at at least making extra bang for your buck. And what it doesn't do, and I think I like this the most, is it doesn't add extra games. Yeah, it's not a different. But like, it's right. not as if the players are like, so we're doing all. So I'm going to play, you know, five extra games to potentially, you know, five extra games to potentially exert myself and get injured for nothing. Whereas it's not that case because these games still matter. They just matter. Two times, right? Two right. times as much for the NCAA yeah. tournament and for your regular season. And after this is over, I mean, we still have January, February, March, April of regular season basketball. Right, where it so, really starts to crank up because teams are really trying to make that playoff push at that point. You know, this in-season tournament is really – I'm not going to call it a lull, but it's still a little bit towards the front end of the season because it's happening in November. It's happening around the holidays. Um, so, you know, they're really trying to compete with NFL games that are happening around the holidays, um, you know, because NFL has that big Thanksgiving push that they do. Um, you know, you'll have some NBA games that, that they'll play on, on Thanksgiving. But I always feel like Christmas is the NBA's holiday. I guess it's because they're really the only yeah. league that's playing. But they always make a big deal about their Christmas Day uh, games. So, you yeah, know, they're really trying to compete. So Yeah, well, NFL, I mean... Yeah, I think by the time you get to Christmas, you only have like three regular season games left or yeah. two or whatnot. So, um, yeah, I mean, once they get to Christmas, it's a downhill slide, it seems like, for the NBA. Um, and then when you get to like February, March, you're kind of really seeing this is where we're probably going to end up. So, yeah, for November kind of – October, you're first now kicking it off. So, like, you get not even a half a month into it. You're probably three weeks into the season, and you're already kind of starting this in-season tournament, which – what that also does is it keeps the bad teams who probably are, you know, they're bad, but they aren't got, they haven't got to the part where the or point where they're just like, I'm done with the season. Right. I mean, if you're doing this in February, you're like, I'm, why are we doing this? I, I'm, I'm checked out or I'm not, I don't want to do this. And if you catch them in November, basketball just started, it's revamped. You do have those young guys that hopefully are coming in and, and bringing the energy to, to say, hey, let's make a push. Um, you also have the older veteran guys that are saying $500,000 is a good chunk of change. <laughs> right. I can go do something with. Um, so I think it's a great move by Adam Silver. I think it's a great move uh, by the NBA total as a whole to say, you know what, let's let's give it a go. Um, it's worked for, it seems like, uh, soccer, right? Soccer over, over, and then see, the w- yeah, and the WNBA also does a, a commissioner's cup. Uh, it's done a little differently because there aren't as many teams in the in the women's league. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, one thing that I think is unique about the women's league is that um, they actually provide donations and f- they they receive funding to to donate to local nonprofits, uh, and I think that's super important. So, like for this year so far, you've got the New York Liberty who are seven and three. In the Eastern Conference, um, they're actually tied with the Connecticut Sun at seven three, but they both have given um, fifteen thousand five hundred dollars to two different 
local nonprofits. And we're like the Las Vegas Aces who, uh, shout out Becky Hammond, who's yeah. a former San Antonio Spur assistant. Uh-huh. Um, they're nine and one and in their Western conference. So they're, they've already clinched that spot in the final for their commissioner's cup final, but they've donated $18,500 to NAMI, which is the, um, mental health, uh, yeah. fundraiser. So, uh, it's, it's different. It, it's cool. Um, and hopefully drumming up some interest for, for that women's league and those teams and, uh, shout out to the dream who are not quite out of, uh, the Eastern conference yet. They are sitting at six and four in the Eastern conference commissioners cup. So, uh, they very well could do it. Um, I'll be honest. I don't keep up with the women's basketball that much. Um, or really basketball in general, you're the basketball guy. So uh, I, I do think that that's interesting to see um, them kind of make that push and, and what that looks like. So hopefully the dream can continue to push on and and uh, make a name for themselves in Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I will say this. The WNBA, they've already had like seven or eight people or women already mm-hmm. drop 40-point games. So it's definitely been crazy to see like i mean these women are these women are dropping buckets uh sabrina inescu i scored oh, yeah. 37 points in her three-point contest which was more than what steph did in his uh-huh. so i think that's a record for both men's and women it is yeah. it is uh the highest was 31 so um yeah i mean that they girls can ball too right? oh yeah <laughs> for sure and so yeah it's been great to see and it's fun to i mean the nba is kind of almost copycat right yeah kind of te- taking what they're doing and we're gonna they're modify it a little bit so um, yeah, so that's kind of our in, mid-season, end-season tournament. Um, and we'll see how that works out, and obviously we'll probably have an opinion about it come December and January that hopefully we can get back to and, and kind of elaborate that with you guys. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of what we got right there. All right. Well, I think that's it for me. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there are obviously some more free agency, um, not the big names that I wanted to get to, or I knocked out some of the big names I wanted to get to. Um, I will say this going into next season. Um, I think that I do want to say that the Nuggets being the reigning champs, I think they're still the team to beat. Okay. Um, Jokic is just, the Joker is just crazy. Um, and then you have Jamal Murray and Aaron Gordon and uh, Michael Porter Jr. They're all still there. They got their core. Uh, I will think the Suns hopefully make a better push than what they have been. But I still think that uh, the Nuggets may be the favorite. Although the Lakers kind of laid low and made some quiet moves. Um, and it's always like LeBron's got like Cam Reddish, former uh-huh. Hawk, is now yeah. one of the Lakers. Um, and they got Austin Reeves back, who who's probably – he's already a favorite for the MIP, which is the most improved player. Okay. Um, they did stuff, They did some quiet stuff. And so they they are looking – a lot of guy along your deals as well. Um but they look as if they now have some depth. And I think that's what they're missing a little bit. Um, going back to Russell Westbrook said that he was on the Lakers and couldn't get it done with LeBron. And, you know, he got traded away and all that good stuff. But maybe that some of these other guys can come in and help. I'm not a fan of the Lakers, but, you know, it does seem like as if they should be a little better than last year. But again, I think the Nuggets are your favorite in the East. Um, I, I'm a Milwaukee fan as far as favoritism, just because they have, all the pieces needed. If Dane Dalla does end up in Miami, I think you kind of got to give them a, a look. I don't think Boston. I think Boston actually is going to finish. Uh, going on a limb here, I think they're going to finish fourth or lower. I do not think they'll be top three in the East next year, especially if Damian Lillard goes East. Um, but the Cavs, like I said earlier, they're looking, they're just looking nasty. And um, let's see. 
Milwaukee being my favorite, Cavs would be in a second. Um, and oh, and Philly, of course. Philly did really well this year. Uh, even when uh, James Harden could potentially stay, even though he, you know, flexed that. And they, if they're not going to get anybody if willing buyers or sellers to, to get James Harden, he might end up staying. So, um, he, if he does stay, I still think that he could, you know, still make make them look good. And if he does leave, I still think that they're going to be decent enough. They were decent before him, so they can still be good without him. Um, but yeah, uh, I just I love. Uh, it's hard for me because NBA is not going on right now. Yeah, we're all just sitting back and just looking at phones, hoping that some breaking news comes right. through, coming through. Well, um, but you, it's you, not far. You talk about the Bucks being your top pick before we completely sign off. Uh-huh. Uh, do you think that the head coaching change up there is going to have any impact to their season or what, what do you think even with that head coaching change, you still think they're the favorite in the East? And yeah, I do. I just, I personally, I think it's awful that Bud gets the boot when, you know, they ask Giannis, is it a complete failure? You know, is this season a complete failure by getting knocked out in the first round? Mm-hmm. And he, he answered, no, no, I don't think it is. I think if part of it, part of me is yes, it is right sure. because at the end of the day, we're lacing up to go win the championship. And when you're, if I'm not mistaken, they might have been the number one overall seed, um, but with best record in the NBA, um, more than the Nugs. So yeah, I mean, we got knocked out by Miami, and kudos to Miami. They played team ball. It's kind of like your Philadelphia Philly talk. They caught the right amount of steam at the right oh, yeah. time. But uh, for Giannis and them, I think that. They still have played enough games together. They they have already won a championship with the same guys that they have right now. Right. And so again, we talked about last podcast is that new guy coming in. Um, yeah, he may have his own system. He may have, hey, we're gonna be heavy defensively or we're gonna be heavy offensively, and that's what our is what we're gonna look like. But again, he's hopefully just kind of managing personalities. Right. Um, and then also saying, I wanna be identified as a defensive team. But if those guys have already won a championship together and all the pieces are still there, I think it's hard not to to pick them as a favorite just because if we've done it once, why can't we do it again? Sure. Obviously, they got put out, like I said, again, this the very first round but of uh, this year's playoffs. But, you know, hopefully that, that's probably gas to the fire for them. Sure. Um, hey, well, I'm upset. Let's get back. And, and we, we're better than that. So, yeah. Go Bucks. <laughs> really go Hawks, but if if we're if we're getting down and technical, I think the Bucks again are the favorite in the East. So, All right, yeah, um, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for being back, Wilson. Thank you for being back anytime. Um, Wilson's quickly becoming a <laughs> co-host. At, yeah, at what point do I become a co-host? When <laughs> I point, get that title, we got to put the, uh, the <laughs> put the name on the on the script. Um, but yeah, thank you, Wilson, for being back, uh, guys. We're, we'll be coming out with another episode here shortly. Going to get some stories together. Um, But thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back shortly. See y'all.